He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. Today it's drummer extraordinaire, Bron Daler of Mastodon. Hey, Andy. Hey, Bron. Wonderful to have you back on these airwaves again. How are things in your world, my man? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, just had a workout and uh, going to do some interviews and then play some drums. Love that. We're excited for October 29 and the release of Mastodon's eighth studio album, Hushed and Grim. A wealth of material, from what I understand, Bron. Thus, the first double album this band has ever put out. Let's begin with how long this collection of songs has been in the works and how you came to the conclusion as a band that a double album was the right call for Hushed and Grimm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, about an hour and a half running time on this one. Um, I think probably having a lot of downtime and you know not going on tour uh, added to the... You know, we, we worked on material for a couple of years and we were able to we got it down to 15 songs where where it was really at like 20 something songs and we just had to stop writing and say okay let's find what the actual album is going to be here and let's work on that and so um we were able to whittle it down to 15 and with those 15 you know we were at about an hour and a half and to get it down to be a regular you know sized album say around an hour's length we would have had to cut around six or seven songs and it just didn't feel right it felt like the 15 that were there i listened to the whole thing several times all the way through and i felt uh, pretty confident that they all belonged together on the same album and hey why not i feel like if there's a band that that fans would expect a double album from at some point it's probably mastodon yeah i was gonna say that too man i think if there ever was a fan base that would appreciate the volume and length of a new release like we're getting with hushed and grim it would be a mastodon's no question about it when you think of bands that put out this much material in one fell swoop are there any that come to mind that stick out as particularly enjoyable or even inspirational for you personally looking back um i would say bands like the mars volta or tool and then um, as far as, like, bands that inspired me in my childhood and, you know, bands that my, my parents, you know, my parents were, were hippies, admittedly, and uh, they were into some long players, you know. You got Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti. You got uh, uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. You have um, Genesis, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. So um, it definitely, the double album is not a foreign concept to me. I kind of grew up listening to stuff like that and into my teens, rediscovering my parents' record collection, uh, reestablished my love for, um, you know, just sort of going on a musical journey that lasted quite a while and uh, still, you know, kept my interest. And that's the trick nowadays, isn't it? We keep hearing about how people's attention spans are shrinking every single day. But to be honest with you, there's still plenty of us out there that appreciate that journey and listen to music the same way you do. And I'm one of them. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not a dead person. I, I really enjoy uh, a lot of music. I, I like long epic movies i like long epic albums and you know if it's good it's good no doubt every single artist i've talked to since march of 2020 has had to pivot from standard operating procedures when it comes to the logistics of basically everything from the creative process of writing songs to the recording phase how and when these albums are being released and then of course how to go about planning a tour to support it what has the last 18 months or so been like in the mastodon camp well as far as mastodon is concerned i feel like we kind of we got a little bit lucky in those in that set of circumstances as unfortunate as it was and and kind of 
you know, scary to navigate for everyone. Um, we weren't one of the bands that was that had a record in the can, so to speak, ready to release it and go on tour when the pandemic hit. We had taken everything down and had started writing for Hush and Grimm, and then everything got shut down. So really, we were in our writing mode anyways. Um, whereas bands like Lamb of God, Deftones, Gojira, they were, you know, just about to start their push for their new stuff and everything got shut down. So that's like a nightmare, you know, for any band. And so, um, also the fact that we have our own rehearsal studio with a recording studio in the basement meant that we could, uh, you know, work together in smaller numbers and in our own space and have total control over that aspect of things. Whereas if we would, uh, like say Emperor of Sand, most of that record got recorded in LA at Henson Studios. We wouldn't have been able to do that. So we got kind of lucky on a few different, uh, situational, uh, aspects of recording this record. And in that downtime, I think it really lent to, um, you know, just the maturation of the songs that are on the album in the first place. Were there any sort of techniques that you had to employ that are different from what you've done in the past? And are there any things that you did differently this time around and went, you know what, this actually works better than what we were doing before? I don't think so. I think it was pretty much business as usual, just uh, some of the subject matter along the way. You know, uh, we experienced, you know, some tragedies losing our dear friend and manager, Nick John, and we knew that this next record was going to be a behemoth because it was going to be the one that was sort of dedicated to him and you know much like any artist our our uh, real life um you know the things that happen to us in tandem are going to reflect in everything that we write so you know uh same same order of business for us just uh, unfortunately a different tragedy yeah i'm glad you brought up nick and thank you for doing that i think you know folks like him that are in a position like that um are, are so behind the scenes a lot of times and fans just don't realize how important how integral somebody like a nick john is to this band so if you would please just you know talk about what he meant to you in this band and, and how he may have inspired the work that you've done on this new album well nick was uh he was just our boy you know he was tirelessly working to figure out how to uh, make make the band bigger, better, you know, just uh, just always working, all, you know, 24 hours a day. That's, that's pretty much all he thought about. And so that, coupled with the fact that we were just all very close friends with him, you know, it wasn't just this working relationship, you know, just calm to, just to talk just about every day, you know. Um, so very close friends. And you just don't ever foresee someone like that is going to get sick and go away. And, um, you know, not only do we miss him as a, as a person and as our dear friend, uh, you know, like you said, he was integral in, in all the inner workings of Mastodon and everything, everything that happened on a daily basis. And so it was very difficult to, to make this album without him because he was so important to the writing process and just everything that went along with the daily operations of Mastodon. Um, but you know, it's time for us to sort of, it's almost like you need to grow up and you need to, uh, you know, unfortunately do this without him. And, uh, you know, those, those tough feelings and those tough, um, you know, situations that we go through in life, uh, I I feel like we're fortunate people because we we do have our instruments and we do have that sort of creative outlet to dump all those, those, uh, awful feelings and situations into which is you know uh i think the writing's on the wall you know you can read it in the lyrics and you can hear it in the riffs uh it sounds like 
it sounds like what we went through. You know, this is this is this is sort of a, a you know a, a very accurate documentation of of the grief cycle, quite frankly, for us. Bron Daler is my special guest. Mastodon's eighth studio album, Hushed and Grim, drops October 29. And I got to tell you, man, the fine folks at your label did a phenomenal job setting us up for the first single, Tear Drinker. It was quite a production and, and really got fans like myself that have been with you guys since day one, uh, the fans that like myself and rock radio, pretty stoked to hear more of this album. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, that was uh, one of the first ones that was written. Um, I wrote... Uh, a majority of it on just like an acoustic guitar, just messing around and um, and got it into more capable hands with Bill and and Brent and uh, yeah. When we first demoed it, I I kind of knew that maybe this one would be one that would resonate with a lot of people. You know that they would be able to sink into it. That's got to be an interesting process too. One that I'm not sure people talk about often is how you roll out an album. Is it usually pretty apparent to you, uh, as you mentioned with Tear Drinker, that this is one that you you know may want to lead with because it's going to reach more people? Yeah, there's always one that sort of uh, puts its hand up, I guess, you know, and says, uh, "I'm the one." <laughs> yeah. So we've, I don't know, it's it's not anything that's done on purpose. You know, it's really. We just try to write music we like, you know, and we and when you and we like to write a lot of different. We, we like to experiment with lots of different versions of ourselves, you know, whether it's like straightforward meat and potatoes rock, uh, or it's super proggy, or it's really super heavy. We like all those different versions of ourselves, and we always try to represent all that in in any particular album. So, you know, you have like a when you have an album like Once More Around the Sun, the mother load kind of popped up and said, hey, I'm the one, I'm the lead single. You know, so with this one, Tear Drinker was sort of the obvious, uh, you know, it was one of those songs where everyone left the studio and then came back the next day and was like, I cannot get that song out of my head. You, know? <laughs> you bet. Uh, so total earworm with that one. Yes, it is. No question. Can't wait to hear the rest of this album. 15 songs, an hour and a half. You know, I uh, had an interesting conversation with the Metallica guys um, around the anniversary of Injustice for All. And we were talking about that album and sort of its progginess and, and you know, sort of penchant for, for twisting and winding in lots of different directions and then ultimately turning into an eight or a nine minute song. For Mastodon, when you, I mean, how meticulous is it in terms of, you know, you have this arrangement and you're playing, is there a definite stop point where you guys go, okay, like we've done it, all we can do with this set of riffs, this solo, uh, this drum passage, this vocal... Or do you find yourself kind of pushing it further and further and you find yourself in a position like Metallica maybe did where it's like, oh, my God, this song's 10 minutes long? Yeah, I mean, it can be both. It really just comes down to personal taste between the four guys in the band. You know, you're sitting and listening through things. You don't really think in parameters of, you know, you check and see how long it is when you're done recording it and it feels right. So it all has to do with, you know, you sit there, you listen through, uh, you close your eyes and... You know, when it feels right, it feels right. And you say, okay, we, we need to cut that short or we need to take that part out or, you know, uh, or we, I feel like it's missing something. We need this part could be cooler. So, you know, there are, there are, uh, you know, aspects where you'll push further and you'll, you'll know that there, that it just needs more. There's something missing. Uh, and then there's, there's songs where you say, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, this seems like it's kind of screaming like it wants to be a simple rock song. Why does it have three bridges? Like, we need to get rid of one of these, you know what I mean? Yep. And so um, it, there's a lot of different ways that things come together, but really it just comes down to that sort of intangible thing that is taste and is knowing when to say when and, 
you know, it's hard enough to please the four of us. So we try to make that be the thing that we can control is like, okay, at least we can control that the four of us really like this. And we think it should go four times instead of six times or two times, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, the, as far as like long songs are concerned, um, it's all very organic and it all just comes down to, uh, that, you know, knowing or not, you know, knowing when to say when, and knowing when to add things to it, you know? Sure. One thing I've always found fascinating about this band is the fact that virtually any one of you can and do take lead vocals throughout the course of an album. Is it almost always obvious which one of you should take certain songs, or are there factors like who wrote the song that come into play when making these decisions? Um, I mean, it, it's it's pretty obvious, usually, what parts should, you know, beckon, you know, whoever's vocal stylings, um, you know, so, and then it just comes down to execution, you know, as far as like, I'm concerned, the stuff that I can do, I have to be able to play it and sing it. So I need to go try it out and be like, okay, I can do that physically, you yeah. know? Um, and then, you know, there's, there's moments where we don't know whose voice is going to sound good on it or who's, what's going to sound better. And someone will go in and try something out and all of us will say, eh, it's okay. I think we could do better, you know? Um, or maybe it's just not right for your voice when we, when we thought it was, you know, so somebody also go in and go, okay, yeah, that's it. You know? Uh, so we, again, it comes down to, to taste within the, the members of the band, you know, and then, and then also execution. Uh, Brent thinks that the guitar part is too, uh, difficult. He's not going to be able to play it and sing it at the same time Then somebody else will take it. Um, but usually it's a taste thing and, and we just, you know, try it out and see. And then there's, there's, there's spots where it's like, you know, the, either myself or Troy or Brent uh, feel very strongly about the part and need to sing it, you know, because of the lyric, the lyrical content is something that, you know, you wrote and it's near and dear to you. And you feel like it's going to be the most kind of passionate and, and honest version of it is going to come from the pipes of the person that uh, means it, you know, and wants to, and needs to say it. That makes perfect sense. It probably has a little bit to do, too, with the fact that, I mean, all three of you that you mentioned all have very different ranges and, and styles of vocals. So, I mean, it, it depends, I suppose, on the delivery of the song and what's intended there, too, because your range certainly is the, is different than Troy's, for example, you know? Yeah, I, you know, very different different voices. And, uh, you know, Troy and I have a cool kind of tandem that, that goes on. Either, you know, he'll handle the chorus and I'll take the verse or vice versa. And so... Um, yeah, I like that. I like the different textures and stuff and, and the different, um, you know, I don't know. It just it opens up a whole lot to us to have different vocals, you know, within the uh, all the songs. And I, I'm a fan of variety, you know. Dude, some of my favorite bands of all time, Queen is one of them that just comes to mind right off the top of my head. They had three guys that sang lead vocals on songs on every album. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, makes perfect sense to me that, of course, I would be a Mastodon fan, too, and appreciate the same things. But uh, we're excited about Hushed and Grim. Again, it's coming October 29. Uh, there's also so much going on musically with you guys. Everyone in the band is busy not only singing but playing instruments at all times. And I'm sure having worked together as long as you all have, it has become maybe simpler to come to a consensus on decisions such as musical direction, arrangements, etc. But just how meticulous are the four of you when it comes to the creative process in general? Uh, you know, it's a fine-tooth comb. You know, we sit there and pour over things. Uh, it's, it, it borders the, uh, the ridiculous, you know, <laughs> the, the amount of time and effort and work that we put into it. But 
it's our job, you know, and luckily, and it's what we enjoy doing. And we enjoy sort of pushing ourselves as musicians, but we also enjoy trying to write a nice hook to kind of go in there and balance things out with the, you know, flashy musicianship that we try to, uh, yeah, that's like our thing. You know, we try to balance that kind of progginess with the catchiness of a, of a great catchy rock song that we hope to, you know, that, that, that catches people and, and, and draws them in. Um, but yeah, we're all, um, uh, you know, playing together, that's like second nature. I mean, that was from the start. That was kind of the, the thing that, that drew me to, to want to push for Mastodon, you know, along with the other guys was kind of finding your, your musical soulmates, you know, so, um, playing together and, and I just love watching those guys play. I love watching and listening to Brent play and Bill and Troy. I mean, not only are they my best friends, but I mean, they're just, amazing musicians and I'm, I'm super lucky to have found them and that I get to play with them and that we've jammed together for 20 something years and have eight records out. It's incredible, isn't it? Bron Daler is my special guest. Uh, really appreciate your time today, man. And real quick, Mastodon participated in the Founders Award program honoring Alice in Chains last year. And in my opinion, one of the best performances of the entire event, your rendition of Again. Jerry Cantrell also shares that opinion, by the way. I had him on a couple of weeks ago to talk about his new solo album, which is coming out on the 29th, just like Hushed and Grim. He paid you guys oh, a pretty awesome compliment, really seemed to enjoy what you did that day. Cool. I love Jer Bear. He's my boy. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, we tour, we were lucky enough to tour with Allison Chains, and, and I mean, I've been a longtime fan since their first record came out, and, uh, and man, what a musical legacy that they have left behind and that they're still carving out and the, 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 the Jerry solo stuff is incredible too. So what a, what an amazing musician, what an amazing co- contribution to music that Alison Chains has given and uh good old Jerry bear. Uh, I mean like, yeah, doing that song for that, for those guys was kind of a, you know, it's a tall order honoring some of your heroes like that. So uh, we, we tried to step up, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pleased to hear that, that Jerry was into it. <laughs> yeah, the harmonies. And then I pointed out, too, that I don't know how you guys nailed that guitar tone like you did, but it was just incredible. So, And by the way, for you as a drummer, I mean, Sean Kinney's parts are not easy to play either, I imagine. No, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's sort of, you know, you, you, uh, there's a real magic to players that can sort of disguise these, intricate drum parts into you thinking that nothing's really going on there and you're just bobbing your head to it. But then when you pay attention to what's happening, you're like, wow, that guy's actually, there's something going on there. Stuart, Stuart Copeland was also a master at that. Oh man. He's a master at that. Yeah. One of the absolute best, one of my favorite bands right up there too. Bron oh, Daler yeah. of Mastodon, my special guest again, Mastodon's eighth studio album, Hushed and Grim coming out on the 29th. We're very much looking forward to hearing the rest of it. We're excited to have tear drinker and be playing it on these airwaves, Bron. And as always, man, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on these airwaves with me. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. For sure. We hope to have you through Des Moines again at some point soon, bud. Hell yeah. Can't wait. All right, man. Have a great day, all right? All right, buddy. You too.